0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 182 of the Find Your Model Health podcast. For those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works, I am your host, I am Shmain Lenny, I am a fitness and nutrition expert, biohacker and certified iridologist. I hope you're really well on this Sunday evening so yes I am recording this the evening before I release it and to be honest I'm pretty tired it's been a busy weekend so hopefully I don't talk gibberish too much and I make some sort of sense or logic out of all the information I'm about to deliver. But I do hope you're very well and I thank you for joining me and giving me your time for another episode. I hope you find this really informational um, and helpful. So in this week's episode, we are looking at the specific carbohydrate diet over the last decade, the incidence of inflammatory bowel diseases and inflammation. Overall has increased worldwide. I put it down to. In my own opinion I think it's poor quality food I think it's pesticides and herbicides and other stuff being added to our food and sprayed on our food I also do believe that we maybe are more stressed like a lot more stressed than we used to be um, a decade ago but also many people I've noticed don't prioritize their health anymore they definitely don't prioritize sleep when they should um, and a lot of other things but I think that those are the main driving factors behind this big increase in inflammatory diseases over the last 10 years or so. Um, So before we go into this diet that may be helpful for you. With any sort of inflammatory bowel disease or inflammation of the digestive system, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. Okay, so in this episode, we're looking at the specific carbohydrate diet, which generally is used for inflammatory bowel diseases or inflammation of the digestive tract, um, symptoms associated with inflammatory bowel issues, uh, usually spasms, diarrhea, um, cramping, bloating, gas ulcers and then anemia from bleeding ulcers but um, elimination diets such as the specific carbohydrate diet have been gaining traction and have been making a difference so the specific carbohydrate diet it is a restrictive grain free diet plan designed to help people with conditions such as crohn's disease ulcerative colitis celiac disease diverticulitis cystic fibrosis chronic diarrhea um ibd so irritable bowel disease and ibs so irritable bowel symptoms um some people claim it helps with pretty much all gastrointestinal problems including the gastrointestinal problems that some children have with autism. And as the name suggests, the diet allows some carbs but bans others based on how hard they are to digest and how much strain they cause the digestive system. You can have items including fresh fruit, most vegetables, meat that doesn't have additives, homemade fermented yogurt or really good yogurts, so it's not just homemade fermented yogurt like a good quality store-bought yogurt can fall into this diet but not generally starches grains or processed or canned foods and that includes like dried processed fruits um. So how it all started was um, there was a pediatrician Sydney Haas, who created the specific carbohydrate diet in the nineteen twenties to treat celiac disease, and that was kind of the end of what we heard from it after the early twenties. And then years later, it gained traction again, where a biochemist called Elaine Gottschall. She made the diet more widely known in 1987 when she published a book called Breaking the Vicious Cycle, Intestinal Health Through Diet and She created this to help her daughter, who had been diagnosed with severe ulcerative colitis, and Gottschall reportedly used the diet as successful treatment for her daughter. And then did further research on the nutrition and gastrointestinal health before writing the book. And then the book became very popular. And in the book, it outlines the diet and the recipes she used. If you would like to check it out. the book name again is Breaking the Vicious Cycle, Intestinal Health Through Diet by Elaine Gottschall. But anyway, so how the diet works is the theory, at least behind it, is that When we eliminate certain foods that emphasize the removal of certain types of carbohydrates containing foods based on their chemical structure, um, basically the governing theory behind the simple carbohydrate diet a specific carbohydrate diet is that the complex carbs encourage an overgrowth of unhealthy bacteria in your intestines if you already have good issues um, that your microbiome and your gastrointestinal integrity is already not up to par so if you add in specific complex carbs that's going to um, exacerbate the problem and as these bacteria grow they produce byproducts that promote inflammation and that inflammation is not just trapped in the gut so it's not just in that zone that inflammation can then carry over to pretty much anywhere in the body because these bacteria can migrate basically and eventually this bacteria and the inflammation lead to reduced absorption of nutrients and then of course you get malnutrition and your hair falls out and lots of other health issues but basically the SED claims to inhibit the growth of these bacteria and restore digestive function by eliminating all carbohydrate food sources that have two or more linked sugar molecules. So we'd be looking at our dioligo and polysaccharides there. So they are both sugar types um, and through many carbs are prohibited. The SED does not or does permit carb sources that have single unbound sugar molecules or monosaccharides as they're called as your digestive tract easily absorbs them but also it it's less stressful it requires less energy as well to break down those sugars and this is a lot of in line with my teachings like there's some foods I say yes to and no to but the basis of this not that I teach the specific carbohydrate diet like that's not my overall kind of approach but it's definitely implemented in a lot of my practices But I would then add in some other specific food types that do fall into this category but that are not kind of mentioned as much in the book or even in what most health practitioners will teach so I will add in some certain foods I'll add in my biotics I'll add in what we call in my circle of clients fairy dust certain foods that are designed to do certain things to optimize not only gut health but also cellular health and um, stimulate positive DNA and genetic outcomes, and there there is a lot to it. But this kind of is already implemented in what I normally teach, but not specifically. Like I don't only teach this, but anyway. So on the SCD foods to avoid, generally based on their chemical structure, um the diet itself labels any food or food additive quote illegal so in my world when my clients ask me is this approved i say yes or no so in my world some of these diet labels would be considered "quote no but basically um In this diet, they call something illegal if it contains two or more chemically linked sugar molecules. Um, And then that book that I mentioned, Breaking the Vicious Cycle, collectively refers to these foods as complex carbs. So in scientific terms, any foods with disaccharides, oligosaccharides, or polysaccharides will appear on the list of, quote, illegal foods. Um, so, I'm sure you can imagine that the list of banned food, banned foods, is quite extensive. But here's a few of the main groups that are quote illegal. So, potatoes, grains, pseudo grains like um, rice. We've got wheat, corn, quinoa, millet, pretty much all grains. Processed meats and meats with additives. I mean, you shouldn't be eating them, and anyway, but Dairy, except some cheese, butter and homemade yogurt that has been fermented for at least 24 hours. Now, this is what the diet says, but I believe there are, um, there. there's going to be some exceptions based on what foods do. Most legumes, this is where it lines up with the FODMAP diet that I talked about in the last podcast episode because most legumes are very inflammatory as it is um, mainly because of their lectin content so in the SED, they will allow legumes um or they're quote permitted after soaking for 24 hours and washing um and the same with some lentils because that process of preparation alone That reduces a lot of the lactins. So yes, Um, then most processed sugar, artificial sweeteners and sugar alcohols. And then, of course, your processed foods. So the general structure, the overarching theme of the SCD is, is quite rigid. Most people won't follow it, but it is intended to be followed exactly as outlined in, let's say, you got the book in the book. And it doesn't leave too much room for flexibility in the book. Depending on the health practitioner you work with or the health coach, of course, they would have to have a very in-depth understanding of nutrition. They can tweak this diet so that it's a little bit more flexible, but still has all the benefits, but shall I say a bit more enjoyable. So some people can reintroduce certain illegal foods after symptoms subside, but this will depend on the individual's response to the diet, kind of like the FODMAP diet and then that whole reintroduction phase. If you didn't listen to that, podcast episode last week then you should go check it out even if you're not going to try it it just gives you an idea of the, the process of doing an elimination diet as we call them so the foods that you can eat that are approved on the SCD um they are also well of course they are called legal <laughs> in my client circle if a food is approved it's a yes um, But most of the foods on the list are unprocessed, they're whole foods, but again, I'm apprehensive saying quote whole foods because not many people don't understand that not all whole foods are good for you. So there's a bit of confusion there. But anyway, we're looking at the complex carbs and the molecular structure of the sugars. So these, quote, legal carbs uh, come from the monosaccharides. So our glucose, fructose, and galactose, which um, they're very easily digestible. The body will kind of break them down, absorb them really fast. So some of your, quote, legal foods are going to be, fruits fresh or frozen and juices but i would i would say no to juices if you're anybody that's just a bad idea but this is what the book says vegetables most vegetables except for the potatoes yams plantains and some other high starch vegetables so that would also include sweet potato but yeah i'll leave that um Meat, so fresh meats, as long as they don't contain any fillers or hormones or additives or chemicals or so preferably grass fed and organic or wild even. Then eggs are illegal food. Um, Some dairy, like I said, the homemade yogurt fermented for at least 24 hours and blessed with the holy waters running through lourdes in France. Anyway, that was just my humor because I'm tired. Um then we mentioned some legumes as they are prepared properly. Now the SCD also allows for nuts and nut butters as long as they're free from added starch or sugars. But this this one is always controversial, I think, because um some nuts and nut butters are very inflammatory for people that have gastric issues so if you were following the book and going with their approval of the legal nuts and nut butters and not seeing an improvement at all then this could be the problem so this is where if you are doing an elimination diet of any sort, it's always good to have someone in your corner that you can bounce ideas off or that will have an understanding of certain foods and certain food groups and their nutritional properties and what they do in the body. That's key. Understanding what a food does in the body and they can say, well, look, you're not seeing any progress here and you're still getting these symptoms. Maybe we'll eliminate these nuts and nut butters. Um so that's just a side note then also our legal herbs and spices so most dried or fresh herbs and spices i would add always get organic spice blends are typically discouraged because many of them harbor quote illegal (coughs) additives or molecules like msg and vegetable proteins and stuff so it can be difficult to determine which foods are legal. The SCD book recommends eating only the explicitly legal foods to avoid inadvertently ingesting something illegal. But, like I mentioned, that can be quite rigid and hard for a lot of people to um, stick to. It was originally designed, like I mentioned, to help people with IBD which is an umbrella term for ulcerative colitis, celiac, Crohn's, etc. Um, and these types of diseases or health issues can hamper your ability to digest and absorb nutrients from foods. So the SCD was designed to heal the intestinal tissue in order to restore its functions. That's like the idea is very very noble and I'm not saying this won't be helpful for some people but when you understand how the body works you already have an understanding that while well, the gastrointestinal tract does turn over its cell wall lining every three days so if you can approach your nutrition for those three days to be somewhat healing and beneficial and then continue on with the understanding that from now on after these three days let's say you do three days of the scd i will follow a basis of a more anti-inflammatory diet that is nutritionally designed to help support the gut and heal digestive disorders and heal the wall and support the microbiome and everything that can be done you don't have to stay on the scd forever or even at that you can just follow a very good nutritional protocol that is not as restrictive of this I hope I'm not sounding like I'm trying to deter anyone I'm just saying that this is not the only way to do it Um, but the promoters claim that some people are less adept at digesting foods certain foods like our lectin foods like our grains and legumes and refined sugars and high starch food additives um, and that this can These foods that resulted from certain agricultural practices and the modern food industry are what's causing the distress and the good and causing lots of um, problems in people and diseases. And I totally agree with that. So the supporters of this specific diet, though, um, they agree that these specific foods will cause an overgrowth of bad bacteria in your gut, which does promote inflammation all over the body, eventually diminishing your ability to digest food, um, but also that certain foods have certain inflammatory molecules on them that when we ingest them, they move through our body. I always try to describe them that they move to our bodies like shards of glass as they go through our body they're just cutting off everything in its path um, damaging the cell walls damaging the joints tearing up tissues tearing up mucosal linings like they just cause a lot of damage and these foods then are going to fall into these into this diet that you're going to avoid them and eliminate them so strict adherence to the scd is supposed to eventually starve these bacteria by depriving them of food allowing your gut tissue to heal to this day the scd is primarily used to treat intestinal disorders but with varied success i wouldn't say it's the sole one because a lot of doctors will recommend FODMAP. a lot of doctors will try elimination diets there's a lot of doctors now that'll say, hey, you should go vegan, which I, not to sound biased is a terrible idea if you have gastrointestinal issues. And then we have some doctors now moving people towards the ketogenic and even the carnivore diet. So there's there's lots of success in these all these different diets, um, as long as you have an understanding of what's going on in the body. But... Um, One of the major criticisms of this diet is its lack of concrete scientific evidence um, because the research is still being put together. It's still growing. It's not as large of a basis of research as, say, the FODMAP diet would be. So this is still kind of a growing area. Um, but ultimately, more research is needed to determine whether or not it's truly effective. But in the real life scenarios, it seems to be that some people will get some great results from doing the SCD the same way some people will get great results from doing vegan and keto and whatever because we're individual um, and that means right down to a cellular level your body will prefer one thing over the other and we can look at genetics and stuff there but in summary um, while proponents of the SCD claim that it treats all of these gastrointestinal disorders very effectively and maybe it treats autism spectrum disorder and cystic fibrosis there isn't any 100% yes scientific research to support this notion but I definitely think if you sound interested in this and you want to see it and you're okay with it being a bit restrictive and you have a health practitioner to walk you through it, then, um, it may not be such a bad idea. I mean, you should consult your healthcare practitioner or provider before diving in, and it may be less risky than other mer- medical therapies. Um, I think the bottom line is. The SED is an elimination diet designed to treat symptoms of IBD and restore digestive function by purging many of those carb, complex carb-containing foods and lactins, um, due to the notion that they may harm your gut. So while some people may notice improvements in their symptoms, the research is not there. But as long as you do. It, with the help of some sort of health practitioner that could decrease your risk of malnutrition, I don't see a problem in trying it out even for a week. See how you feel after that um and then, if you decide you want to try it longer, go for it. but um definitely speak to someone to prevent any kind of negative side effects or malnutrition for occurring malnutrition can happen very very easily like within a few days so even if you're eating but there's gaps in that kind of nutritional profile it can happen quite easily but that's the basic of the scd i suppose if anyone wants to try it they're going to jump in and buy the book or maybe they'll google the food list isn't that what everyone does nowadays um but Yeah, that's the gist of it. It's not too complicated. It's restrictive, but not too complicated. So I hope you found this somewhat helpful. I wanted to be able to give you an understanding of what this type of diet is compared to the low FODMAP diets. Um, They're both elimination diets, but one keeps in certain carbohydrates and one doesn't. So if you have any questions at all, please do reach out to me. I hope I made sense. Like I said at the start, I'm a bit tired, but I hope I made sense and you found this informative. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, through my website. There's um, a button at the top there saying contact me. So that's shemainesmodelhealth.com. If you have any topics that you would like me to cover over the next few weeks, of course, send them my way um and yeah i hope you guys have a great week ahead and uh, stay safe get the sun while you can and as always please share this information with anyone you feel may benefit from it okay have a great week everyone and i'll chat to you soon bye bye